Hello again. Welcome back. Another exciting, exciting week of fantasy basketball behind us. We are here to talk about week nine and to go right into week 10. As always, I am your host, Fletch. This is the NBA Boys Podcast. And once again, I have a very, very exciting guest on with us today. He is the engineer behind the name, the Fletch and Shoot Podcast. He is consistently one of the funniest members of this league, the NBA boys as a whole. He's the only person to make me wait to start a podcast a little bit later, but we'll put that behind us. Nick Kappa, how's it going, my friend? Fletch, it's doing great. Happy to be on. Team's looking good. Four in a row and just happy to be here. Awesome, man. Yeah, four in a row, I think, really speaks for itself there. You and Shokan are the only ones left with this long of a winning streak. How are you feeling about your team at this point in time? Uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Team got off to kind of a slow start. Uh, I think started out two and three. And then, you know, last four weeks gone four and oh, you know, I sent the message in the group chat. Imagine not winning three in a row last week. Uh, Bilu was a part of this little win streak group we had, and now he lost. And so now it's just me and Shokan. Yeah, imagine. Imagine imagine, imagine not, not being four in a row. Yeah. <laughs> not many people can say that they're part of that group, and, and that's, pretty, that's pretty awesome you guys have made it to that point. Um, now, talking about this team, I think, and many others who have been on the podcast think that, hey, this could be a dark horse to win. Like this could be a team that could beat Shokan, could beat Ian, um, could beat Benny, Coots, whoever. What's your take on all this? Do you do you see yourself as a dark horse? Do you see yourself as a as as somebody that's like a force to be reckoned with, or you're just playing it week by week? Um, I mean, personally, as an avid listener of the podcast, I feel like you guys you have talked about my team a lot. So I don't really think you can say it's a dark horse. I think I'm just, you know, one of the contenders in this league at this point. Mm, you're the and so, and if you go look at my losses, my three losses are to Shokan, Benny, and JP. Mm -hmm. Shokan, I lost by 5-4. He won points by seven points. And, you know, you can look at uh, that I won two categories by one. Uh, I'm going to ignore that because it doesn't fit my narrative. But he only beat me by seven points. Benny edged me out, and he only beat me by 15 points. And JP had a 40-point comeback on Sunday of the week we played, and he only beat me by eight points. And that was the week Tatum was out with COVID, so, you know, put a little asterisk next to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, other than that, I'm undefeated. So wow, I feel like the team's looking really good. Um, Definitely the strengths are free throws, three-pointers, and points. And I feel like I've got those three categories on lock. And, you know, uh, with, what, four matchups left, I think, you know, even if I don't win out to end the season, I think I, if I get, you know, two, if I finish two and two going into the playoffs, I think I'm still in it. And then once you're there, you know, any, really anything could happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything could happen at that point. And I think 
playing the rest of the season as, be- as best as you possibly can is your most important thing you need to focus on at this point. You've got a lot of strong matchups coming up. Um, I know you're going to play Ian's team very soon, and there's other playoff bound teams that you're going to be playing as well. And finishing the season strong is definitely going to be the biggest challenge for you just to get yourself in there and solidify it. Um, and, and you were exactly right. You said that three pointers and field free throw percentage and points are your best categories. And this week really showed that you played my team this week. Gotta be honest with you, Nick. I, I knew you had this one on Wednesday. On literally I, Friday, I don't think I checked my phone Saturday, Sunday, like I saw the score at the end. All right, cool. He won six to three. Um, but yeah, you, you did really well in those three categories. You were second in free throw percentage, first in three pointers made, and first in points. And I think that's just been the story of your guys' season up until this point. And you really just have to round out a couple of categories and you've got to win almost every week. Um, rebounds and assists you did particularly well in this week too if you kept that up you you've got a good role um but let's talk about some guys on your team specifically who on your team has been a surprise to you this year and then on the flip side who is someone that has disappointed you a little bit um well it starts at the top i had the seventh pick in the draft i got steph curry and i would say he's overshot at number seven overall you know draft position i feel like he's been a top three or four guy in fantasy right now. And, you know, down from there, Levine in the fourth round, Steele, and Gordon Hayward, someone who I was kind of iffy on draft night, but I liked, you know, where he was going. And so that was a real, you know, and he's been playing great. He's definitely been playing way better than a sixth or seventh round or wherever I got him. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple other solid guys that really, you know, lived up to their draft position, like Tatum and Ingram, like they were going at it on Sunday. They both dropped 30, you know, and I would say that's probably the core of my team. Uh, Kyle Lowry's been good too. He's, you know, dealing with a thumb injury right now. So he's been out last two games. And yeah, I would say those five or six guys would definitely be the core of my team going forward. Yeah, absolutely by far. And you touched on two great points there with Zach Levine and Gordon Hayward, where they have played way above where you got them in the draft. Um, just to give you and the rest of the league a little bit of context here, um, looking at the player rankings on Basketball Monster, Zach Levine is currently the 15th ranked player in fantasy. And Gordon Hayward's the 31st, So, which is miles ahead of where you actually got them in the draft in like the fourth and I don't know which round you got Gordon, but it was it was later than that. So two great picks. Let's talk about your draft strategy and bring it all the way back to the beginning. Did you have a strategy to just grab these strong guards right off the bat or like what, how did you go through that night? Well, you see, I kind of had a similar strategy to Shokan. Whereas when he came on the podcast, he said he was looking for ballers. Mm -hmm. I was more looking for hoopers. And I think that's how you can describe the difference between our teams. But I was really just kind of going for, you know, trying to get the best player available and figure out the categories later. And it just so happened that in a lot of spots, I ended up getting a lot of guards, which led to my team being very guard heavy at the start of the draft. And then it got to like the eighth round and I'm like, hey, I don't have a big on my team. Like I should probably draft one. 
And so that led me to Blake, Kevin Love, uh, Boogie, Tristan Thompson, a lot of guys that were really good like four or five years ago and hoping, you know, taking flyers that they're, you know, known commodities. Hopefully they can at least be good enough to, you know, balance my team out. You know, it's late round picks. Some of them worked, some of them haven't. And yeah, it's kind of how the team has gone, got to where it was. Gotcha. Interesting. So in your own words, Nick, give me the definition of a hooper versus a baller. Uh, well, you see a ball, like look at the difference between me and Shokan's team. Shokan's got a lot of bigs and I've got a lot of guards. So I would say a hooper is more someone who's going to pull up a, a pull-up Hezzy Jimbo uh, off of transition, where I would say a baller is someone who's more fundamental in their game, you know, boards, rebounds, you know, holding it down defensively. And I feel like that's where the difference between me and Shokan's team has been and how our draft strategies have you know, led to how our teams are looking now. Interesting. Well, I like it. I like it. I think everything that you've done so far has spoke to, hey, you don't need to load up on centers to win in this league. We know that centers are, you know, not that many are out there, not that many quality centers are out there. And if you grab them all in the first few rounds, you're setting your team up for success and centers get a lot of categories. You've kind of taken an opposite approach and said, push them. Let's get all those strong guards right now. So I love it, man. I love to hear that you're not. You got when everyone's zigging, you got a zag. That's right. That's right. Get out of the box. <laughs> Think outside of that box. Now, aside from the players that you grabbed with really great picks, let's talk about some of the players that you've grabbed off the waiver wire. And I, and I think you've made some good pickups with Teo Maladon recently, but you got Zubats and then you got Sadiq Bay. Talk me through those pickups and basically how you pick up off the waiver wire in general. Uh, well, Zubak is Zubak's been on the team for a while. He was one of my first waiver pickups. And like I said, like the team, like my guards were set. So I was kind of looking at bigs like and that was early in the season. So you're looking more long-term than you necessarily are now. And you look at Zubak where it's, he doesn't get a ton of minutes. The Clippers also have Serge Ibaka who's been playing well. So there's not really a lot of mobility for him to go up in minutes, but in the minutes he does play, he's been playing great. And even one game last week against Miami had 28 minutes and had 22 and eight. So it's shown that when he does get minutes, he can be really effective, but even with the limited minutes, he's been, you know, solid. And then Sadiq Bey in light of recent news with the Pistons, he became, a much more active player in their rotation. And so that was kind of a, hey, let's take a flyer on him, see how he's doing. And in his last three games, he's been like 32 minutes a game, around 13 points, a couple threes, which, you know, my team doesn't really need, but it helps. And, you know, has had some pretty solid rebounding performances. So he and, you know, when you're looking at the waiver, you know, minutes are one of the most important things you can look at and Sadiq Bey who's getting a lot of minutes looks like I feel like even Bilu coming on last week saying oh this was a guy I was looking at but it's hey like why did do you really have 13 guys on your team that are better than Sadiq Bey and I didn't so he seemed like a real obvious pickup 
Yeah. And at the time it was before the news of Blake Griffin. I think the Blake Griffin news came like the next day or, or the day after. It was right after you made the pickup. And that just uh, it was about an hour before, so that was useful. <laughs> oh, okay. It was just before then. That's awesome. Big Deke energy grabbing Sadiq Bay there. Talk me through Tail Maladon, though. What's your outlook on him for the rest of the year? Um, he is a starting point guard. And yes. so he plays a lot of minutes. And, you know, I don't necessarily know if he's going to stay on the team long term, but he plays Monday night against Miami. And that was the primary reason I picked him up. We'll see. Hey, if he plays well, he might have a spot on the team. If he doesn't, you know, that's really my 13th spot. So if he doesn't, it's not that big of a loss. All right. Streamable, if yeah. at worst. But you, like you said, he gets minutes. He starts. You just kind of grab him and see where it goes. And that's exactly basically, that's basically what you have to do with some players at this point. Um, Sadiq Bay was probably a, probably a pickup for you before the news, and hey, it turned out really well. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other side of that coin with the Detroit situation, you have Blake Griffin, and interestingly enough, you also have DeMarcus Cousins, who's gotten some news over the past few days, keeping him in the loop for a trade. Um, maybe Houston buys him out. What's your take on both of those guys? Like, what, what's what's best and worst case scenario? for Blake Griffin and for cousins. Okay. We'll start with boogie. Um, so the news came out Saturday. I want to say that he, Oh, he's also out tonight. Fuck. <laughs> and so the news came out Saturday. They were looking to part ways, which, you know, kind of makes sense. You know, uh, he's an older player and they're clearly, you know, rebuilding. And, you know, their centerpiece for their rebuild is Christian Wood. And, you know, you don't, re- it's 2021. You're not really playing two centers together. And even when Christian Wood's been healthy, they haven't really played together. So I guess it makes sense to, Boogie's been playing decent. It makes sense to see if you can get something for him. But I don't necessarily agree with the fact that they need to move him or like even making an announcement, you need to move him. Because especially with Christian Wood out, like they played Philly on the 17th. And he's really the only one with enough size to try to defend Joel Embiid. So he played 37 minutes. And, you know, he wasn't really a big scorer this year, but he got good peripheral stats, like good rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, more than you would expect from him, definitely at his age. But, you know, the minutes haven't really been there for him. But when he has gotten minutes, he's been so good, which has made it hard to drop him. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting seeing where he goes if he has. I don't necessarily know the team he goes where he's getting a ton of minutes. I don't think you're trading for him to get a ton of minutes. So it's going to be interesting to see if he gets traded, what team he has a role on or what role the team he he lands on what role he kind of has there. But if he gets bought out, then I guess he gets to choose a situation, which I guess would ultimately be better for him and my fantasy team. And so, yeah, it's kind of just hoping he ends up in, you know, a good situation. I know Brooklyn's looking for big men and I don't necessarily think he's a fit there. So I don't really, you know, I don't really have an idea where he's going to land, but I hope he, 
Now, even if he stayed on Houston, I wouldn't be that disappointed. Yeah, I think at this point, you're definitely just hoping that he goes somewhere where he can get production and, and just get time on the court is the most important thing. But let's talk Blake Griffin. I know you've got a lot of things to say about Blake at this point. I have a lot to say about Blake. As, you know, not only the biggest Blake supporter in this league, but I would say I would say I'm in top five Blake Griffin supporters in the world. And I would say none of what's happened with his news really makes sense to me. So his contract is $36 million this year, and he has a player option next year for just under $39 million. And so, like, it doesn't make sense to do it now because if you try to trade him during the season, someone – you have to match salaries. And so who's got, you know, just $36 million in contracts where they're like, you know what would be a better fit of the spot? Blake Griffin. And so there's very limited options about, you know, who can actually reasonably trade for him. And I would say the only team I think that would like even consider it is are the Celtics because they have that $28 million exception from Gordon Hayward. And so you only have to come up with another 8 million to, you know, match the salaries. But even then I don't really, you know, I think it might be a good fit because, you know, Tatum, you have Tatum Brown, who Jalen Brown's been playing out of his mind this year. And Kemba, who you know you're going to get points from. And I still feel like Blake has something left in a tank. He's not, he's definitely not the scorer. He's definitely not the dunker he's used to been. And, but I still feel like he does everything else on offense you really want. He can, you know, dribble, pass, you know, set screens. And I feel like that's kind of what the Celtics, you know, from an outside perspective, I feel like that's what they should look for because they're bigs now. You have Time Lord, Tice, and Tristan Thompson. We're all, you know, solid on defense, but, you know, leave something to be desired on offense. But even then, like, why trade for Blake Griffin when you can get John Collins, who's been on the block and in trade rumors? So I don't know. I And then, like, if he's getting a buyout, like, I don't think the Pistons are just going to say, hey, here's $75 million. Go play somewhere else against us. And especially, you know, with the pandemic, like, you know, teams are going to say they're hurting for money because no one's been in the stands. And so, like, I just I don't see that being realistic. And I mean, obviously, I'm not a professional athlete, but I would say I would if it was between me and getting paid thirty eight point nine million dollars next year or getting a ring, I would take the thirty eight point nine million dollars. That's just me. I don't have that much money, so it's hard to get in his mindset and what he really wants. Um, so, like, the teams that, like, like I don't think really anyone's trading for him, thinking they're Blake Griffin away from a championship. Um, like, you look at a couple of contenders, like Utah's first in the West. They're not going to trade for him because they're the Jazz and they never trade for anyone, um, especially midseason. Um Brooklyn's the team, like I said before, with Cousins, like they are definitely going to try to improve their front court, but who are they going to match salaries with? Like even Spencer Dinwiddie doesn't get you there. Um, and like the Lakers don't have enough to, you know, match salaries. And I would cry if he went there. 
And so wait, wait, wait. why would why would you cry if you went to the Lakers? The Clipper lifer? Blake Griffin oh, is the right. greatest Clipper <laughs> in franchise history. And I, if he went to the Lakers, I would ball my eyes out. <laughs> and so if he ends up getting bought out, I'm just saying, I know it's a wild take, but I think the this Clippers team, the 2021 Clippers team, could really use him. Mm. Which, you know, the reunion, like, getting, you know, extra help in the front court. So you're not relying so much on, you know, Serge, Zubak, and Marcus Moore, more mostly Marcus Morris, who's been playing well, but you know, you might want a bigger body to go against some of the bigs in the West. Like they had to go through KP and Jokic last year in the playoffs. And you know, they played Montrez Harrell against those centers and he got bodied. So I think they could definitely use some more front court depth. Um, if he does get bought out, Brooklyn could be an option, but I feel like if they get anyone, it's going to be for defense, and that's not Blake's calling card. Um, like I said before, Utah probably not going to trade for him, but if he ends up signing there for a as a buyout, I don't think they'll do it, but it could be interesting. You know, they start Bogdan at the four most games. And so you don't really, and you don't really know if they'll have interest in playing a big alongside Rudy Gobert, but you know, could be interesting. And like I said, the Celtics, I think would be interesting and Portland could also be a good option for him. You know, they're relying heavily on Carmelo Anthony right now. And so as you might try to like, you know, hedge your bet a little bit and, get off of you stop betting all your horses on Carmelo Anthony and get another four in that rotation. Yeah, that could work. I, I think those are all really interesting moves. Um, personally, as a Celtics fan, I, I would love to see Blake Griffin on the court for us. I think, you know, Blake, it could turn into a good stretch four. Um, he'll take the load off of Daniel Tice. Do I trust the Time Lord in the playoffs? My instincts say no. Like, do I, do I trust Tristan Thompson? Yeah, like five years ago. Yeah, he gets rebounds. But this year, probably not. He's not really doing much on defense. I would take Blake in Boston. Um, and also, I, I think Portland would be a really good fit, too. They're, you know, Nurkic, not really sure on his timetable after his injury this year. He, Blake could fill in take some load off of Carmelo Anthony and Robert Covington. Um, I, I think in, and the Clippers would be cool too. I think those are all really good fits. You, you definitely did your homework and, and, and looked through the, <laughs> the contract and, and what the matchups could be. So I, I appreciate that. But if um, let's play devil's advocate, let's say worst case scenario, Detroit says we're not trading him and we're not buying him out. There's no offers let's just sit Blake Griffin the rest of the year. You're obviously going to have to move him off of your squad and pick up someone off the waiver wire. Who would you want to fill in that spot at this point in time? Well, looking at some of the guys on the waiver wire, obviously you want to go off minutes. You know, uh, I picked up Theo today or Teo, my mistake. And so I think he, there's some interesting opportunities, uh, you know, uh, you know, Willie Hernan Gomez is 
you know, has is definitely a pickup you can someone could take while Steven Adams is out. He's been okay. Mm-hmm. But as far as bigs go, I think the bigs, because most teams are only playing one center nowadays, so it's you know, hard to, you know, find someone who gets the stat lines Blake does. And it's not like Blake's been a huge part of my team. It's He's not the scorer, but he gets good peripherals. So it's like, you know, if you're looking at bigs that could possibly somewhat replicate that stat line, I don't know, Marcus Saul would be an option. You know, Nas Reed played well while Cat was out. Now that he's back, you don't know what kind of. Yeah, maybe the coaching change there switches things up. Maybe Nas Reed sees the court a little bit more. Yeah, um, Danny Green's an interesting option. You know, but it's like he's not. Uh, or did someone pick him up? I don't see him. Yeah, Danny Green's a guy where it's like, hey, he doesn't wow you. Gets decent defensive stats, but you know what? He plays a ton of minutes. Yeah. And that's not something you could find. Yeah, he's always and, on the court. He's always going to start. And speaking of guys who play a lot of minutes, I wouldn't really consider him an option on the waiver wire, but if Isaiah Coro on the Cavs ever figures out how to play basketball, he's going to be a stud. Because yeah. he is probably the – he gets plays so many minutes – and just does nothing with it. He's just not really fantasy relevant at all. Like doesn't really like get the fantasy stats you want, but still plays a ton of minutes and is probably not giving up his spot anytime soon. Yeah. He's like always starting. He's always in the mix. Like you said, like against Oklahoma city, his last game, he played 39 minutes and he had 12 points, which I'd say that's like, one of his best scoring Fine. games this year. Um, he made four three-pointers. Like, okay, that's where the 12 points comes from. And then he didn't make anything outside of that. He shot four <laughs> for 12. He's not going to help you in field goals. Um, free throws, I can't imagine he's going to the line too much. I think he's just a floater and sticks outside the three-point line. So, yeah, he's like one of those collection of players, like P.J. Tucker included, Gary Harris. Oh, he's one of those two. Yeah, he's just a guy that starts every game, gets a ton of minutes and does nothing it's really just it's it's frustrating honestly he has the lowest value over replacement player over any qualified player so far this year in the league oh yeah absolutely you see uh facundo Campazzo comes in for one start and people are picking him up i i picked him up i saw ian picked him up and i think joe recently picked him up too He's more valuable than any of those three guys that listed before. Yeah, he's already getting passed around like Royce O'Neal. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Speaking of Royce O'Neal, have you had Royce on your team? So I have. You have. How, I had Royce for well? a whole week. Wow. Did he serve you well? Uh, I think Was that the week I played JP? So I'm going to go with no. Oh, okay. So let that be known. Royce <laughs> O'Neal did not help Nick win. Maybe he won't be that big of a... Like, I feel like every... T- person in our league has had the point where it's like i don't really need a like royce o'neill is going to give you a little of something you don't really know what it is he's kind of just like a wild card that like you know he's going to start you know he's going to play minutes but it's like always gets decent stats but they never look alike so it's not like you can depend on him for any one stat so you can be like oh i need steals let me pick him up for this and but it's just like he's just like such like a jungle juice of 
stats and you don't be, like you can't stay with him for that long because it's just so frustrating but like you look at him on the waiver wire you like you're like oh how does no one have it like, yeah yeah you do all the sorting and it's like okay he's clearly a guy that i should look at to pick up but i mean you can't depend on him to make three three pointers at the end of a week on a on a big matchup like you just can't um so it's interesting to hear and i think those are good players to keep in mind on the wire um but before we move on to the matchups for this week let's talk about players on your team that you know hey at this point if i'm you and my team won four in a row and we're what you're six and three now like there's a collection of teams that are six and three are you on the side of the fence where hey like things are going well we've got four in a row there's no need to make a big move right now or are you on the side of the fence it's like okay i am playing well but i'm in that collection so i need to do something to jump ahead of that to compete with shokan um not really like i said before i feel like i feel like if i don't win free throw percentage threes or points in any week like leading to the end of the season like it's going to be a disappointment and you know my you know the category i'm definitely punting the most is turnovers i just got way too many guys that you know too much handle the ball a lot and turn the ball over and so like and my field goal percentage isn't great it's been a little better but i don't think i'm depending on that so i'm pretty much starting every week three and two and you know most weeks someone else whoever i'm playing is punting one of the other categories so say i at that point i'm four two i just gotta win i just gotta not lose two of the three left Mm. so i feel like i can you know by streaming i don't feel like i need to make a big move haven't really been involved in a whole lot of trade conversation but you know like Especially because I feel like, like you mentioned Nurkic before, um, I'm, or was it you who dropped him? It was me. Yeah. So like, I feel like he, like, I get why you dropped him. You know, he's not coming back for, you know, a while, He probably towards March. Yeah, but my whole he team got COVID, so I, I couldn't keep him in my IR. You need the IR spots. I totally understand. But I feel like he's the type of player I would look for to make a trade for because I definitely have one of the weaker center positions in the league but it's like you know i'm you know i'll wait and see you know what happens with blake what happens with kevin love what happens with nurkic and if they're able to like you know get me rebounds get me you know blocks and help with those stats that like my core guys don't really help with then i feel like my team's pretty well rounded i don't really need to make like a huge move like i'm not looking to trade steph i'm not looking to trade zach i'm not looking to trade tatum or ingram like i don't feel like um i really need to make a big move at this point like i've won four in a row like i said even though i will say i have played you joe and garrett in the last three weeks and all three of you are on the outside looking in right now on the playoff picture so I don't know, but I have wins over Ian. I have a win over Bilu. And like, I don't know, I feel like the team's looking strong and I feel like I would need to look like something would have to go wrong first before I look to make a trade. Gotcha. Very good. Um, so rolling right along then, 
let's go through our matchup for the week. And, and I'm interested to hear your side. Um, but just from a few notes from me, your team clearly won six, three victory. Like, like I said, Wednesday, I pretty much knew it was over. I, I could maybe claw my way back into the rebound category and you ran away with it by the end of the week. And same thing with free throws. I was eyeing that as well, but your team shot almost 87% from the line. I, I just can't compete with that. <laughs> so I, I knew it was yours. Six to three win. Um, I was impressed. Your team dominated in three-pointers and free throw percentage. And I did the math. You actually would have beat Ian and Benny if you played them this week. And those, and those are going to be two of your strongest competitors. But give me your side of the matchup. Um, yeah, uh, it was looking close on, I think, Friday night for like a good like half hour. You had taken field goal percentage and free throw percentage was like within a point. And I hate having like I hate when the percentages are close because it's the most stressful thing ever. Whereas like yeah. rebounds like, OK, I just need to get more rebounds than the other guy. <sighs> and so, you know, um yeah, and it just happened to work out. Like your team was really your team took away with the defensive stats, steals and blocks right away. And so it was like, okay, like none of our categories were really close. So it was kind of written, you know, stone from middle of the week. There was no like one category that was like, oh, this is gonna be the one that decides it. Yeah. And so it was like if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't even know like what category to attack there. Yeah, exactly. Like your team does so well offensively points, three pointers, rebounds, assists, and you, you've historically done well in those categories. So like, and my team is a defensive centered team. I, I'm just not going to win those. And, and you're not going to win steals, blocks and turnovers for me. Like we knew those were pretty much locked up from Wednesday, Thursday on. Um, and it came out of the percentages and your team edged me out, shot really well. Um, and so I, I think the way the numbers reflected this weekend, last week, you, you've got a really good team in front of you to take you to the next level. Um, so moving right along the next matchup of the week, Shokan, a, a statement win six, two and one against Garrett's team. Shokan moves to eight and one Garrett goes down to two and seven Shokan, a very highly efficient win. His team only had. 1179 minutes and Garrett's had over 1400. So for Shokan to win those categories and, and dominantly win those categories um, was, was very impressive. Um, and, and he actually should have won assists if it weren't for Garrett, Garrett and Shokan were one and two in the assist category. Wow. Yeah. So, but what were your thoughts on both these teams so far this year? Um. Garrett almost won the Garrett was winning this matchup till like Thursday. He was up like seven, two at one point I was going nuts for him, <laughs> but then I think I checked the next day and it was seven two the other way. And I was like, ah, never mind. <laughs> Thought it might be the upset of the year really. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so far. Um, I don't think Garrett's team is that bad. I think it's that he definitely has a, his team's definitely better than their record. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, Shokan's on a four game win streak. He, I think you would have to say at this point, he is definitely, you know, it's definitely written in pencil that he's getting the one seed. Um, 
he's winning a lot of his matchups 6-3, and I don't know. Al Horford has been going off. Jokic is, without a doubt, the fantasy MVP this year. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think Garrett's team is definitely better than, you know, his record, better than two the two wins he has. And, you know, he's definitely got some guys. Um, Siakam, LeBron, Kevin Herter does some things. Darren Fox is nice. And, you know, we all kind of, you know, scratched our heads at the TJ Warren for Joe Ingles trade. But it's really looking like he's won that trade ever since. Because he trade, you know, he traded nothing for something. And, you know, Joe Ingles, not great, but has, you know, been a contributor, you know. Especially with Mike Conley out, he's been getting minutes. And, you know, I definitely say they're like Garrett is gonna catch someone like we have this collection of teams that are six and three. I feel like Garrett might uh catch one of them in sort of a trap game. And yeah. I really hope it's not me because I have to play him again. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that same speaks to Haniel and Joe's team as well. Like both of their teams are better than what their records show. And as a league, we've developed a lot over this year and the competitive level has just raised for everyone top to bottom on the standing. So I think you like, you know, you could catch anybody with a win. Um, it just depends on what categories are, are most preferred for each team, but over the cookie crumbles. Exactly. <laughs> um, so moving on then Ian takes a win six to three moves him up six, three on the year and beats JP's team, who was playing well up until this game. Um, Ian, strong, strong week again. Strong five categories for him. Um, Rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and points. Ian was in top five in all five of those categories for the week. Um, And he he actually would have beat Shokan if he was playing Shokan this week. It's For granted, it's like by one turnover or something but still he still would have beat Shokan which I, th- I think is news do you think what would you think do you think that's fact or fiction Ian's got a good shot um I think Ian's definitely got you know a decent squad um Julius Randall's been balling out um and quick note on JP's team having AD out hurts oh yeah and if any of us lost our first round picks, like we're done. Like if Shokan loses Jokic, if I lose Steph, like if who was Ian's first round pick? Whoever. But if any of us lose our first round picks, like, you know, we're all done. And that's just hard for, you know, any of us to recover from. And you know, six three wasn't terrible. Like, you know, you hope. JP's in the playoff mix right now, and the tie makes it interesting standing-wise. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can rebound or if his team kind of falters from here. But I would say Ian definitely has, you know, some decent guys on his team. Julius Randle, the king of New York, tearing it up. Nick Batum, you know, solid pickup. Nerlens Noel, solid with the Mitchell Robinson injury. Vucevic is a beast. Um, you wonder if he's going to get traded and how that's going to, you know, affect him. Yeah, true. Brooke, yeah, um, Mason Plumley is, you know, been all right for him. Dame is, you know, in the MVP conversation for a reason. Donovan Mitchell has been playing great. Even his the guy, his guys on the Spurs have been playing well. Like Ian's got a really deep team, 
And so it's like if he is streaming someone, like he has to drop someone that's like would get probably get picked up right away. And so I would say he's definitely one of the contenders in this league. Yeah, absolutely. I have no idea what that noise was. Moving <laughs> on, we have Benny's team taking. I think this was personally the game of the week. Benny against Coots. Benny takes the six-three victory. He was trending down a little bit. It's good to see him get a win. Um, and Coots' team continues to struggle, and he falls out of that six-three team bubble we have here. Um, Benny, incredible free throw percentage. His team shot eighty-eight percent. That's like, I don't know if like anybody could do that. And, and especially because Benny last week had a very low free throw percentage. His team was 11th moving all the way up to first kind of shows the volatility of the free throw category. Like percentages aren't set in stone here, people. And for Benny to seem to shoot 80% is insane. Um, I think it was yeah, like his team only shot a hundred free throws. So hmm. like literally every one he makes is, a percent like he like even if you say like he makes or misses too like that's a huge change in the standings yeah absolutely but overall i thought it was a, a statement win for benny um and like just looking at the categories right now i'd say okay obviously you keep an eye on field goal percentage i mean rebounds was pretty close but assists steals blocks turnovers and even points were pretty much far out of reach yeah, like like I said about our cat our uh, game, like it went when you get to Wednesday and there's just like no category that's like really close, mm -hmm. and you're like looking for someone to stream. You don't even know what category to sort by because it's like I kind of just need everything. Yeah, you know, Kutz's team has kind of been reeling. You know, is that his third loss in a row? Yeah, third loss in a row, going from five and one to five and four. You wonder if he's going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but hey, it works for me because he's finally out of the six-three bubble. So. Yeah, it makes it, it lets you jump right into that playoff conversation, which I'm sure you love. <laughs> oh, you know it. <laughs> um, moving right along, John and Mark's team take the win over Belu's team. Belu had a three-game win streak that was snapped by John and Mark. Um, John and Mark actually had the most top five categories this week. They had six categories. They were the top five in the league. Um, it's very impressive for them. I know they've had a lot of injuries this year, and they've got some people that are still coming back. They've got Lola Depot that's going to come back at some point. Um, so it's good to see them get their footing back. But what, what do you see your outlook on this team for the rest of the year? I mean, obviously they have Giannis, who, you know, was a little slow by his standards at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. So was Jamal. Um, Chris Paul had a 19-assist game this week. Like, they've got a lot of guys that you can depend on. You know, Gallinari is coming back. You figure he's going to contribute more in the future. Jared Allen, after they've announced that, like, hey, we're moving on from Drummond, Jared Allen's been a beast. Paul George has been a beast since he came back. Um, even though I think they have him on a minutes can, uh, restriction right now, which kept him out of the last two minutes of the Nets Clippers game. 
And I feel like, you know, Steven Adams is hurt. You know, that's going to be a big uh, loss for them. Hopefully he comes back for them soon. Um, but, yeah, they really just got a very deep, like, I would say their team's not as deep as Ian's, but their top-end talent might be a little better. And, you know, definitely a scary team. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I totally agree. The deep, the deepness of their team is one to take note of. Like with Oladipo on the IR, he should come back soon, according to the news. Karis LeVert, whenever he comes back, if he comes back, like he's a productive player. And TJ Warren as well. When they make the playoff push, if TJ Warren can play, then that's great news. I mean, I totally see some droppable players on this roster. I don't think Derek Rose is going to hold his value for the rest of the year. Um, Boyan's been trendy. Um, Steven Adams could possibly be a drop. So, like, even if they have to get rid of I would of love guys, for them to drop Steven Adams. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even if they have to get rid of some guys to move somebody in. Um, yeah, like Jeff Green's very... probably just there to be a streamer. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Jeff Green's not getting a ton of production in Brooklyn. It's pretty. Jordan Clarkson was a huge pickup. Oh, that was that was probably one of the pickups of the year. And it's funny because when they came on, they were talking about, "Hey, he's not, you know, even if they just add him for the, you know, the week because they needed points." And now it's nine weeks later, and he's still on their team. Yeah, sometimes that happens with these streamer guys. You think you're just bringing him in for a little bit, and they end up being like a pillar on your team. It's happened to me before, and I honestly I love when that happens. But finally, we've got our last matchup of the day. Get back to there it is. Last matchup of the day. Team Henny takes the loser leaves town game five to four against Joe. Um, solid win for Haniel. Solid win. I I, I like to see Haniel, Joe, and Garrett and take the knowledge they've learned this year and bring it into next year. And I think next season is when we're really going to have a competitive league, probably one of the most competitive drafts in this league's history. Oh, for sure. And, you know, Haniel, like getting notified the day of, Hey, you're, yeah. you're, but you're up. Um, you know, you can't do a mock. How many mock drafts do you think you did? And I, but I think he's been managing his team well, you know, in season. And I feel so bad for Joe's. Yeah. He has he lost to me by one steal. He lost the week before by one in a category. And this yeah. week he loses by half of a field goal percent. Yeah. That's oh, it's just so it's so frustrating just to watch week after week. He comes so close, but can't pull it out. Like it's almost impressive how close he's been and just hasn't managed to get a win. But like I, I don't think his team's bad. Like, you know, Aiton was a solid pickup. You know, yeah. I think I think that trade made sense for both teams. Kuzma's Absolutely. been good. Um, Devontae Graham has not, but you know, he wasn't a very high pick. Um, Bledsoe has been pretty bad though. Tobias Harris has been good. Embiid has literally Embiid's literally the MVP of the league right now. Um, you know, Gobert is definitely getting his stats. He's got Composo right now, but it's like, he's just got to find those. He's either got to hope for like his like eight through 11 guys to start coming through more mm -hmm. because his top guys are producing. It's really just, you know, getting the whole roster together. And Haniel's team has definitely, you know, 
Zion's been a beast as of week. James Harden's been going off. Kyrie has been scoring like nobody's business. And, you know, he's definitely got a solid team. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like looking at Joe's team. I mean, he's loaded with centers. Porzingis and Bede, Rashawn Holmes and Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Ayton to add on top of it. He got like his team is solid. It gets solid four solid categories every week. Turnovers, he does really well. Um, because he honestly doesn't have that many players that like are starting and, and play full 30 minutes every game. But blocks he's always gonna do really well in rebounds, field goal percentage, he's always gonna do really well. So like you said, you gotta have those back end guys fill in a little bit. Um and you just got to keep working. I know Joe makes good pickups off the off the waiver wire too. So you just got to keep working that magic. Hopefully these streamers turn into full timers and you know get some wins over there in Joe Ingles Pringles land. But yeah, you got to hope you catch fire on the waiver wire. That's a huge part of fantasy in general. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So Nick, looking ahead here, any final comments or thoughts for John and Mark coming up? Well, you know, Fletch, I did the math. I'm not very scared of, you know, the amalgamation of, you know, Shoku Inc. You know, you know, they said I did the math, and they say all men are created equal. But you look at me, and you look at Castaldo and Mark, and you know that's not true. See, normally when you go one on one with another fantasy team, you get a 50-50 shot of winning. But I'm not normal, so you got a 25% at best chance to beat me. And then you add Mark to the mix, and your chances of winning drastically go down. See, with the three of us, you got a 33 and one-third chance of winning, but I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Mark knows he can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. So, Castaldo, you take your 33 and one-third chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and one-third chance of winning. But then you take my 75% chance if we was to go one-on-one -on -one, and then add 66 and two-thirds, I have 141 and two-thirds chance of winning this week. Numbers don't lie. Numbers do not lie. What was it? 144%? 141 and two-thirds percent chance to win. I love it. I love it. And we'll look for that this upcoming week as well. <laughs> well said. Um, just to clean up here. I wanted to do a little bit of shameless advertising for my own team as well. And I want to talk to a few guys in this league. Looking at the scoreboard from week nine, my team, it's clear. I have a monopoly on the blocks category. I had 42 blocks on the week, outscoring Shokan and Joe, whose team is loaded with centers, by nine blocks. I am. Three, five, and one this year. I am not in a position to say no to a trade. Like I need to make a move as soon as possible in order. Okay. To so, what position, game. what categories do you think you're looking to improve? Personally, I need three point shooting. Like, I if I got three point shooting, that that's my best one to improve right now, and then that could push me over the top. I can get five, but I definitely don't need any more blocks, and I definitely don't need any more steals. There are guys on my team that are expendable that will help your team and can improve your block category. And if you're the one of those guys that's looking at the playoffs and want to jump over Shokan, 
blocks is going to have to be one of the categories that you can do it. I mean, Chokan does every category well, essentially, besides turnovers. And I have good defensive players on my team. Make me an offer. I'm not in a position to say no. I mean, I've had a lot of people come and ask me about Miles Turner. Yes, Miles Turner is incredible. Three and a half blocks a game. You can't find it anywhere else. That's the best in the league. He's on that note, you picked Miles Turner one pick before I got Blake Griffin in the draft. And while you, I was preparing for the podcast, I looked at that and I was like, "Damn, my, this season is so different." If I had one pick earlier, yeah. If you, if I had picked anybody else, you could have grabbed Miles, and it would have been a different story. But Miles Turner's got three and a half blocks a game. Okay, if you want to make a deal for Miles Turner. You got to offer me something with equal value. He, he currently he's the 13th ranked player in the league. He's consistently a top 20 player. You can't offer me someone lower than that. I need to make a move to make my team better. You need to make a move to make your team better. Let's let's do it. But there are other guys on my team, like I said, that are expendable that will still help you get defensive things. I mean, look no further than Kyle Anderson, for example. The man gets 1.1 steals a game, 0.7 blocks. And he'll, he gets solid numbers across the board. He does a little bit of everything for you. Again, Robert Covington, say what you will about his shooting, his field goal percentage, scoring is not that high. He gets 1.6 steals and one block a game. Having a player that gets one block a game makes a world of difference when you have that player play three to four times a week. You just add a, like three, four, maybe five onto your total. Like you, you can jump up from number five to number one in the block category really, really easily. And, and to talk specifically, like I'm looking at Ian's team, for example, third and steals, fifth and blocks. You're going to need a little bit more to jump up over Shokan. Um, Benny's team, first and steals, sixth and blocks. Blocks, I can help you there. Steals, I can solidify your, your category. Um, John and Mark, same thing. They tied Benny this week, first and steals, fourth and blocks. Just a little bit more to help your team. Look at Kyle Anderson. Give me an offer. Look so at, Kyle Anderson on the block. Uh, Kyle Anderson on the block. Michael Porter Jr. on the block. Great defensive player. Josh Jackson on the block. Like I said, I'm not in the position. Trey on the block? Trey is not on the block. Trey, <laughs> Trey is not going to help you in the defensive category. He's one of those guys I need to keep to keep free pointers, free throw percentage. But, is Shea on the block? Shea is not. Shea is not. But John Collins is. I, I will say that. John Collins? on the block. He gets you a block a game, he scores, he gets field goal percentage, and it doesn't have to be those three guys. That He's got a think. really good field goal percentage. Yeah, anybody. Make me an offer. I need to make a move right now in order to – I need to basically win out to be in the playoffs. So if you need a little help with your team, I know there's a lot of 6-3, that 1-5-4, and four, Kutz's team on the bubble. I've got players that can help you. Just give me a call. Shoot me a text. Send me an email. Whatever works best for you. Let me know. But that's it. That's my rant for tonight. That's all of the marketing and advertising I'm going to do for my team for the rest of the year. Thank you for listening. Kappa, it was an absolute pleasure, my friend. Love having you on. I'm definitely going to have you on again at some point. Looking forward to setting up a playoff preview, and I hope you'll be there. So I appreciate it. I hope I am too. <laughs> I appreciate it, and you have a great rest of your night, my friend. You as well. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.